name is Anna. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from pride, control, and isolation. Hey, y'all. I grew up in a Christian home and was saved as a child, but despite this acknowledgement that Jesus died on my behalf, my faith was based on legalism and rules rather than the gospel. As a product of this mentality, I developed a prideful and legalistic view of what I thought it looked like to be a Christian. A checklist formed in my mind of things I thought I needed to do or didn't need to do in order to remain in good standing with God and look like I had it all together. By ranking and comparing sin, it was easy for me to deem myself as good enough and avoid confessing and repenting from the aspects of my life that didn't honor God. What I didn't realize at the time was that my lack of intention in seeking the Lord left me with a distant relationship with a God I thought I knew, a lack of dependence on him, and a shaky foundation on truth. As temptations like impurity in my first relationship and alcohol started to enter into my world toward the end of high school, my curiosity was sparked. Curiosity turned to action, and action led to using the same tactics I had growing up, comparison and checklist. Things weren't looking as good as they used to in my eyes. For the first time, I feared people knowing me, and the enemy began to speak lies into my life about the benefits of isolation, and that grace was only available to me when I was all cleaned up. My my rationale at that point was that I needed to fix it. I needed to clean myself up, and once I did, I could work on my relationship with God, earn grace, and let people into my life. In the meantime, a habit developed of withdrawing from others and hiding my sin, even to the point of lying. I only let people see what I wanted them to see by wearing a mask that hid my struggles, one I would only remove when I thought no one would notice I had been wearing one at all. When college rolled around, I had the same struggles of wanting to seem like I had it all together, while simultaneously trying to clean up my messes and do enough to cancel my sin. Only now, I had the added ingredients of a nuisance of freedom and independence. I considered this season as being all about me, habitually partying, entering into relationships that didn't honor God, crossing physical boundaries and spending Sunday mornings recovering from the night before were justified by my go-to, comparison. Everyone else is doing it. This is what college is all about. However, there were moments of conviction, moments where I knew I wasn't on the right path, but instead of confession, and leaning into my creator, I was still convinced that I had the ability to change myself. If I wanted a close relationship with him and for others to see me, I needed to check off more boxes, do more, fight struggles on my own, be good enough. Post-grad was a slower pace that provided a distraction-free environment where I was forced to reflect on how I spent the years before. Wasted time, an unfruitful blur, a missed opportunity that was marked by zero direction, a track record of mistakes, and no authentic friendships. Because I was so insecure about who I was, my place, and where I fit, I developed fear-based social anxiety during this time, which was fuel to the flames of my desire to isolate and hide from things that scared me. I was overwhelmed with thoughts of regret and the pressure to have things figured out. I did whatever I could to change my circumstances and this lost feeling. I found identity in my job, I attempted to experience freedom in any way I could, like moving into an apartment by myself, continuing to abuse alcohol, and giving into materialism because my bank account said I could. I tried to cure my sense of loneliness, initially by dipping my toes in pornographic content, but when that felt wrong, I replaced it by returning to old and healthy dating relationships, 
what I believe to be a more acceptable way to cope. I check the boxes of my faith by hopping around from church to church, avoiding true community. Two contradictory and prideful lies had marked my life and left me carrying my own burdens. Lie number one, I could do everything on my own and I could somehow earn God's grace. I just needed to figure out how. Lie number two, I had wasted too much time. God didn't want to use me and his grace could not cover my sins. I was spiraling in a pattern of complacency because of my adamant attempt to save myself by myself. I was stuck and isolated, but God. October 15, 2018, I showed up to regeneration for the first time, and the moment I parked, I was convinced that I didn't need to be here. I begrudgingly walked in because I told my friend who invited me that I would, but I had no intention of committing to the process. However, the first two testimonies I heard were about my exact struggles pride, control, and isolation. And I remember the sinking feeling, knowing God was asking me to stick around, asking me to trust him. Going from zero to 100 when it came to vulnerability was terrifying. Would I be met with love? Would God extend his grace to me even though I was broken? These were the questions I asked myself frequently as I considered the wickedness of my heart and the ways I needed to change. In step one, admit, I was asked to declare my brokenness and that I'm powerless over my sin. In step two, believe, I was reminded that Jesus is the only one who can restore and redeem me. In step three, trust, my favorite step, it all changed. I remember the Lord asking me, Anna, do you trust me? And my answer was no, but I want to. I had to trust that his grace covers me, not because of me or what I could do, but because of Jesus. Even though every part of me gravitates toward an easy fix, solutions I can control, and um, immediate gratification, I had to trust that this wouldn't be a quick transformation, but that it required um, my abiding in him daily and not myself. I had to trust that confession and repentance would not just be required of me in step five, confess, and step six, repentance. Instead, they would be needed throughout my life in order for sin to lose its power over me and so I could draw nearer to him. I had to trust that removing the mask of the altogetherness I was bound and determined to let people see would allow for me to be free and him to be glorified. The ways that the Lord has shown himself faithful and revealed his nature to me through this ministry is unreal. He is crushing the lies of the enemy with truth by continuously reminding me of the promise of 2 Corinthians 12.9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If this is your first time here, I'm so glad. Welcome. The Lord has a desire to do great and mighty things in your life. No sin or struggle is too difficult, and no darkness is too great for his grace and love to overcome it. While this process won't provide a quick fix and won't offer a guide to perfection, we can find freedom and joy that will only come from Jesus. And luckily, we don't have to do this alone. One of my favorite parts about the work God has done in my life is that I see and feel his love for me. They're one of the things I was scared of the most, his people. God has gifted me with a community who is running hard after him, who hold me accountable, who provide a safe space for me to confess my brokenness, and who meet me with love and grace, pointing me to Jesus. They also make life a lot more fun. But even when it's hard, and even when I experience some of the insecurities that tempt me toward isolation, I know that God calls me to live in community. 
After all, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, models community for us. If he, the God of the universe, who is matchless in glory, perfection, kindness, love, and grace, modeled this out for us, then as children of God, made in his image, who are we to say we don't need it? We are created to live in community, not to fix ourselves or bear our burdens alone. If I have learned anything, it has been that the lies of self-sufficiency, control, pride, shame, and fear pale in comparison to the freedom found in Christ. Be vulnerable, don't isolate, and don't limit God by relying on yourself. While my story is full of evidence of the consequences of sin, it's also full of evidence of God's relentless pursuit of my heart. He is constant, consistent, and committed to me. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. Isaiah 25.1. My name is Anna. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from pride, control, and isolation. He is worthy of my praise, and to him be all the glory. Thank you.